You're listening to Around Comics, episode 257, brought to you by InStockTrades.com and Netflix. Chicago, this is Around Comics, the comic culture podcast, where each week our revolving panel of guests talk about everything in and around the world of comic books and comics culture. And Around Comics is normally recorded at Dark Tower Comics and Collectibles, located at 4835 Northwestern Avenue in Chicago. But this week, we're coming to you from our other favorite store in Chicago. That's right, Challengers Comics and Conversation, located at 1845 Northwestern Avenue, also Northwestern Avenue in Chicago. It's just a block south of the Western Stop on the Blue Line, if you do travel that way. So if you're in the area, come and uh, visit this wonderful store. We were under the impression that you had to be on Western if you were a comic store in Chicago. All of the comic book stores are yeah, on Western. It seems all, like it. Yeah. All of them are. The ones that matter, anyway. So, hey there, folks. I'm Christopher Neesman. Oh, let me get you introduced to uh, this panel. Uh, first of all, as always, is Mr. Tom Caters. Hi. Um, could you turn down my my, the, my headphones? Sure. It's a little loud. <laughs> so, so, uh, and oh, I had man, a good day. The controls are right by me. Fantastic. Yeah. And, I had a, and, and, and I had a really good day. You said so. There you go. Oh, it's perfect. All right. Wonderful. Yeah, Sorry for that. <laughs> for those technical... Post, yeah, te- we're having a, a post-show meeting during the show. <laughs> Isn't this just the sound check run-through? Damn it, damn it, no, Chris. No, my no, headphones no, are too loud. Uh, next is, uh, is the proprietor of uh, Challengers Comics and Conversation. Return guest. Multiple uh, times you've been on the show. That's Mr. right. Mr. Multiple Mr. times. Fantastic. I know. I know. You're you're like a steady date now, Mr. Patrick Brower. And I totally put out. Thanks for having me, guys. Hey, that's it's what like we come It's like a booty here. call. <laughs> it is. It's a comic shop booty call. When I say having call. me, you know what I mean. You know. <laughs> you know. And, uh, and our next guest... Which you're just a guest now. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, 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 just a guest. Yeah, I don't think control. my mic- microphone's on. There you go. Our, our, the, prodigal, the prodigal son has returned, Mr. Brian Salazar. I, I'm here under duress. I was tricked into coming here tonight. <laughs> you were tricked. I was told there was a special guest that I'd actually have interest in talking to. Oh, so you don't being, want to talk to me? Is that what you're saying? Patrick. I don't know how that... Wow. Here like, I was. I thought it was a, a huge honor to be on the same show as you and to be introduced before you. But now, I'm just going to look at you, Chris, when I talk. That's, that's fine. That's, that's fine. Like, it's like, uh, you must I thought it was Halloween because you're in a full bears <laughs> yeah, uniform no, here in your dick buckets. How do you talk with that mouth guard in, too? I don't yeah, understand what that, that's that Years for. of training. The, the helmet gets in the way of the microphone. Yes, we, we were supposed to have a, a special guest tonight, but we had some uh, some scheduling uh, issues. But uh, next week... Son uh, of a bitch! You may, you may get to hear a, a very special Chicago-themed uh, guest. Willie Galt. Will- yes. <laughs> the old Willie. I, he was Slick my favorite. Willie Galt. He was my and Willie Galt. <laughs> <laughs> It's your Sun Times medallions. <laughs> <laughs> Willie Gull was my favorite bear on the 85 Bears. 
Of all of the bears on that team. Really, Walter Payton just didn't cut the mustard? No, I loved Willie Galt. Would you have a number two? I mean, Willie Galt is a pretty strange number one. No offense if he's listening. I'm sure he's one of the regular listeners. Matt Suey is... He was (laughs) awesome. Wow. Probably the fridge. Pros pro. He wasn't uh, even my favorite G.I. Joe character. The (laughs) fridge. Sergeant Slaughter in the fridge. Sergeant Slaughter was my favorite Bears player and favorite G.I. Joe. (laughs) And wrestler. Yeah, yeah, he he was all three. Great place well, to be- before Before we sidetrack too, too horribly here, I want to remind everyone that this episode of Around Comics is brought to you by InStockTrades.com. We're waiting for the trade. has never been easier. InStock Trades is your source for all things collected, from trade paperbacks to deluxe hardcovers, omnibus editions, absolute editions, essential showcases, and more. If it is collected, it is at InStockTrades.com, and it's all available at a wonderful 30 to 47% off the cover price, and all orders over $50 do, in fact, ship for free. Uh, and speaking of 47% off the cover price, that's uh, the discount for our book club selection, which is Hellblazer Dangerous Habits. You can uh, get that for the low, low price of $7.94. When do we get together to talk about that? Uh, maybe next Tuesday. All right. We'll see. I've read it. I'm good. You're, you're set? Let's go now. You're set? All right. And <laughs> Just searching, does Sergeant Slaughter know that we're <laughs> reading it for next week? Uh, well, I'll tell you what, Megan, he sure Jeez. does, so you don't want to cross him any one more time. <laughs> is he still alive? Sergeant he's still Slaughter? alive, and he still wrestles. Does he really? Does he? Yes. Wow. He's like actually in better shape now than he was back in the 80s. Has he been promoted at all from sergeant, or is he still... <laughs> Corp- no, no, you know what? He didn't mind that. Slaughter, Captain yeah. Slaughter. Captain Slaughter. He was a sergeant Commodore Major. Slaughter for a while, but it just didn't fit right with... Admiral Slaughter. <laughs> sergeant teams. Major Slaughter. Well, um, Admiral Slaughter. Well, first of all, Sal, welcome back. It's, it's, hey. I, I, know that, I know that folks, uh, whenever you had announced that you were that you were um, retiring, Dying. staying on the, on the football theme, I guess that mm. would make you our Brett Favre. Oh yeah, I'd wa- I waffle. I just come back and yeah. waffle back and forth. But, or with uh, the wrestling theme, you see, he's our Mick Foley. Okay, I just wanted to keep that going. Jesus. You know, with the wrestling theme going since it was brought up before. Everything. Uh, it's the money, the dollars. You keep, you know, just keeps throwing at me, and I can't, I can't stay away. <laughs> that, can't stay away. Turn down the yep. I can't. My family needs that kind of cash. <laughs> no, I, uh, you know, I, uh, I'm still around. I'm just not. Uh, I know. I see you every day. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's um, not like you died. No, I, I'm still here. No, still but exist. a little part of the listening audience did. No, no, nobody misses me. It's uh, no, you know, I might pop in once in a while. Who knows? It's fine. It's fine. I got emails from people and, yeah. and, and tweets, and uh-huh. it's like, show oh, so much better. Is, is Sal okay? I'm just like <laughs> Sal. So. Sal told me six weeks ago he was. This is not a big deal for He's me. He's been anymore. threatening this every yeah. episode. Yeah, since it's the beginning. The last two years, basically, I, I don't Constant know what I was threat. doing. But, uh, yeah. Well, I tell you what. Let's uh, let's talk about some comics and, uh, oh, and, and see what's uh, see what's been coming out uh, here. So you see for, why you quit now? Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh shit. I didn't know there was going to oh, be no. a test. I, uh, yeah. Uh, well, Tom, why don't you lead us off? Uh, I want to talk about. Oh, oh, music yeah. for the, yeah. sorry, sorry, music for I this episode uh, is uh, featuring Supergrass. So there we'll, you go. Yep, we'll Supergrass thank for this one. Well, thank people. you. Uh, All right, Tom. Uh, I want to talk about uh, the Great Ten, number one, written by Tony Bedard with art by uh, Scott McDaniel and Andy Owens. Andy Owens. Thank you. I was going to have to look it up. Uh, it's based on the uh, the Chinese superhero characters that Grant Morrison came up with at some point. I think in '52 it was oh. in there, and now they've finally gotten around to 
having a story uh, focus mm-hmm. on them. And I found it to be quite a, a pleasant surprise. Crisis, right? Yeah, or something. No, no that was 52. the Japanese ones. Or in oh, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, you know, see, that is my my DC mm-hmm. ignorance, which I'm 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 really trying to catch up. I only have about forty years more of continuity. You don't to, know about DC through. DC Universe China? Well, whenever they that whenever they in, well, that's I mean, what the C stands for, isn't it? There's a big need Detective for that pocket China, time that we were talking about. Detective China. Yes. When they introduced these characters in '52, I had no idea that they weren't existing characters is this was 52 the first time that that yeah that, because then wherever they maybe it wasn't 52 but whenever they whenever they first showed up a couple of years ago it was okay the first time because then that. one of the characters came into checkmate yeah and so go ahead go ahead oh thank you Thomas, and uh, i really enjoyed how uh tony bedard sort of came up with a story to give some context to the characters because previously they've been sort of seen as a, a monolithic group that just kind of they all show up and you didn't They're really see a lot town. of all it, of them it's difficult to have a story with them because it takes half the book to get all of their names yeah. out but they do have the best names of oh, any totally superhero characters names, such at all. as uh let me crack this open august general in iron Thundermind, accomplished perfect physician, who's the star of you know, mm-hmm. this story. Celestial Archer, a mortal man in darkness. You know, stuff I like think it that. was uh, August General in Iron who was in Checkmate. Yeah. He he took over one of the one of the Checkmate positions. Yeah, and the it, he features heavily in this issue. But the real star of it is the uh, accomplished perfect physician. As we get his backstory <laughs> and how he fits in to this group, and it's not just like oh, they're Chinese superheroes and they're all. It's like the Justice League, where they're all friends with each other, or something like something like that. Instead, it's a competition between all of them, where the uh, physician is sort of a almost a Robin Hood-like figure in China, and you see how the others line up politically. Either you know they're sympathetic to him, or they're against him. Or, you know what their function is within China. Are they just a propaganda machine? Are they actually going to try and help people? Uh, do they just suppress revolts, or is there something else there for them to do? So it does sort of tie into our views of what the issues of China are, you know, like human right violations, Tibet, stuff like that. So it ties in, you know, to real world type views that we have of China, but then it also has totally sweet shit like <laughs> a giant dude made out of like rusty iron so and it's the best sort of comic books that happens and i, I, I like tony bedard he's one of those guys that that just kind of kind of seems to to be under that that top crust of writers but the stuff that he does is like rebels is just so he's fun. one of those guys who almost got buried by countdown yeah. Well, he's, yeah he's a guy that was always given a canceled book and said hey you have four issues left just take it to its grave. Do whatever you want to do or whatever. And I think it took Gee, a book like you. Rebels where he got to finally say, this is what I want to do. I mean, he's always been a situation what? It's where a, It's a been... number one issue? <laughs> it's not a one shot? There'll be another one? It's going to be more after this? He's not just following the, the storyline set up to him or he doesn't have to take with the reins and go. He gets to decide, hey, this is what these characters are. This is what it's about. And he really showcases that in Before Rebels. we kill them all off. Yeah. Uh, with the Great Ten being a ten-issue series, do you think that they're going to have a focus on each character individually as they go through? Maybe that would be cool. I think it would be a, if they have serious plans on using the characters more. I think it would be an awesome way to to handle that to sort of give them all a little bit more more depth. I was really surprised by how much I enjoyed the issue. I just sort of picked it because I liked the idea, but I was like, oh, I'm interested to see how the rest of these characters interact with each other. I always thought it was going to be the DC version of Immortal Weapons, that they yeah, yeah. the Iron Fist stuff, but mm-hmm. they're not. It's actually, you know, as as Tom says, it's it's all about how they relate to each other. 
and they don't have to get along. It's okay. No, no. And the sort of the accomplished physician sort of having to uh, compromise what he thinks is right to participate in this much larger thing. But we see how he got to where he is wasn't by the most uh, stereotypical, like, hero picking up a mantle type thing. He was very much forced into what he did based on mistakes that he made. So it's very interesting. Very cool. And McDaniel art's pretty sweet, too. Now, are they McDaniel. a... The um, idea of a superhero's punishment. <laughs> yeah. This is, as he's eternally making up for something that he did. Are they uh, a government sanctioned group, or are yeah. they vigilante sort of... Well, group? that's sort of part of the story, is that they are a government group, but there's people within it that don't necessarily agree with everything that the government wants them to do. So it's sort of an uneasy truce and how the how it functions and what's going on and it from this first issue it seems like it could fall apart at any point depending right. on what they're asked to do and what they do once they get there. How do you control the most powerful members of your citizens? Cookies. Citizensy. Give them cookies. <laughs> yep, cookies. Cookie. That actually. That's spoilers. That, that's how, that I, how, that's how I got here. Actually, <laughs> that's how <laughs> we. Yeah. I, was, I was promised yeah, cookies. We, we, we just left a, a trail of cookies. That's how, I, yeah, that's how they got me to do this show. <laughs> a trail of beers. It only took like a month before the cookie stopped, though. And then it's like, oh, don't worry. Next, now next we'll time, get some, when we get some, There'll be some more cookies. Yeah, yeah. with you, it's a few cases of Miller High Life. Exa- yeah, exactly. Just took some Ooh, camel cans. Well, um, this is this is no surprise. One of my favorite books of the last couple of weeks oh, is, uh, yeah. is uh, uh, Greg Rucka and Matthew Southworth, and uh, you can't forget uh, Lee Lowridge uh, on colors on Stumptown from Oni Press. And uh, Stumptown has been a book that Greg has been talking about for two, maybe three years, uh, as as kind of his. Um, you know, homage to the the PI TV shows that that he grew up watching, like was, Magnum PI, and Simon I was sick Simon. of him talking about it. I know it, it was like, like seriously, write it, just get it, just put it out. It. Well, you know, but you, he was wrapping up with with Queen and Country, excuses, and you excuses. had you had the, the all the whiteout stuff, and then if you haven't noticed, he's been doing a lot at DC, and he was adamant about when Stumptown was going to be launched, they weren't going to to come out with a, a first or second issue, and then let it hang out there. Uh, they apparently have all four issues are are in the can or nearly in the can. There will be no <coughs> delays. Fell in what? Enough. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Stumptown is going to come out on schedule. And, are you uh, guaranteeing that, Chris? I, yes, that is a personal <laughs> guarantee from me that Stumptown. Chris Eastman will make named, sure whatever happens, Stumptown will be coming out on time. No, I will personally guarantee that when that doesn't, or if it doesn't, that I will make sure that Chris pays for his guarantee by. Uh, Kicking the balls. You, <laughs> yeah, we're not kicking the balls. Greg, do you hear that? One, or is that for every Every week that it is late. Every, oh, all right. <laughs> Multiple kicks. Yeah. Every Wednesday, in the balls if, the, if this if doesn't, doesn't show up. Uh, why I like this is is a lot of the reason why Greg wrote it is that there, there are a lot of different detective and PI books that have come out in the last few years, but they always have a supernatural uh, tilt to them or, or uh, something that there's there's a supernatural element to it. You know, the psychic PI, you know, and we see this even on, on TV. Vampires. You know? 
there, there's something, there's something just kind of not of this world, and there's very few just hard-boiled PI books that are out there, you know, and and and, and even you know once again to TV, there's very few um, uh, PI shows that don't have some sort of weird little hook to them, yeah. And uh, and that's what I liked about Stumptown. It's 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 just a PI book. This is uh, no tricks, uh, no gimmicks. It's the the, the the main the character. only gimmick is that it's awesome. <laughs> the only and it, it's an only book, which usually means that it's that it's black and white. But this is colored, and Lee Lowridge is a fantastic colorist. Did a great job with this. And the main character, uh, big surprise, since it's a Greg Rucka book, is is a female uh, PI. What? Of course, I know, shocker. I know, big shocker. Man. But she's she's kind of the 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 prototypical down on your luck PI. When's Greg going to just get that operation? Yeah. <laughs> when is it going to happen? But uh, yeah, down, down on down on your luck, PI. You know, just taking a job to make ends meet, keep her car running, and uh, you know, help support her uh, her uh, younger brother who is who has, younger brother, yeah, yeah has uh, Down syndrome, so special needs uh, brother that she's that she's trying to trying to support, and is she's a she's a great <laughs> PI, but she has a few vices, and which well, makes as all great PIs do, like all yeah, she has a little bit of a gambling problem, and uh, which. Uh, not a problem when she wins, <laughs> and I, which doesn't happen very get it, often. Get it all back, unfortunately. So the uh, the first story uh, kind of kicks off when the daughter of the 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 manager of the casino it's an it's an Indian run casino uh, the a daughter disappears and well Dex the the main character has a pretty pretty outstanding tab at the uh, at the casino so this is her chance to wipe the tab out if she can if she can recover uh, the daughter and the the name of the first arc which which really harkens back to uh, the Rockford files. Sorry, I just ripped this out of Sal's hands. Give it to me. Um, The name of the first arc is uh, The Case of the Girl Who Took Her Shampoo But Left Her Mini, Part 1, which is just such a... Right out of seventies TV. Absolutely, So yeah, if you, if you're a fan of of seventies eighties uh, uh, PI TV or or you know hard boiled PI novels, Stumptown is 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 a great detective book. It has a little bit more. Um, you know, I saw a lot of people uh, compare it to Criminal, mm-hmm. but I would say that it has a little bit more of like a, a wit to it, not like a. Like that criminal's dumb, but there's a little more of a twinge of like humor or you know a little conversation. Criminal, it's not as dark. Is as more yeah. on the depressing side. Yes, criminal is darker. Uh, with, well, it with looks stump- like criminal as far yeah. as artistically. Well, artistically, it, it, it I think it, it was like- great that it looks a lot like either Michael Lark or uh, Michael Gatos. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it could. I see some Sean Phillips directions. in there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, you're you're right. It's uh, and I think the last time we talked. With it's a little Greg. snappier. He, yeah, he had talked about the difference between you know it's like oh you're doing your criminal and uh, criminal is really kind of uh, Brubaker's uh, love letter to to noir films and this is really Greg's love letter to 70s and 80s PI TV you know Magnum PI you know that kind of stuff. Plus I don't think Brubaker would want him to say that it's his criminal because criminal doesn't sell as well as he wanted to. So oh, you want dang. this to be uh, Rucka's new cash cow? I tell you, Rucka's X Men. I picked up that I picked up that uh, the criminal. Uh, deluxe edition that is a beautiful collection for that series if you've held off on criminal the the deluxe edition is is fantastic that's a a weird book that criminal deluxe edition because it comes out at different points of the country at different times really yeah it it didn't diamond and i'm getting a little off topic here but diamond has been doing things that are a lot more 
uh, rolling out, like uh, geographical, like it'll start east coast and head to the west. Or I noticed that with Parker. And, Parker, yeah, yeah, had, Parker. It was available on the west coast before it was available in the Midwest. almost everything is available west coast first. We got lucky, and uh, David Mazzucchelli's Asterios Polyup was available here first, mm-hmm. which always because people say, "Oh, it's out." I've seen it in place. I'm like, "It isn't out yet. It's out next week." But no, it's out depending on where you are geographically. But Why? it makes people think that they've missed it. Is it just the warehousing? I, I guess I don't know because so um, is the criminal hardcover out? Uh, it, is it is out, out at, as of the airing of this episode. It is out, but it is not. Um, <laughs> Do you have it in your store, Patrick? That's what I'm asking. I <laughs> will not make any guarantees or allusions to it being here or not. By the time you hear this, um, your iTunes it'll can be I, in the store. Can I go home with a copy tonight? That's uh, what I. You absolutely can because this is next Monday. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> yes, come to Challengers, buy Criminal <laughs> Definitive Edition Volume 1. And pick up Stumptown. Good Lord. <laughs> yes. But speaking of Stumptown, I like the way that it's set so well in Portland because everyone goes to Portland. Portland is the next mm-hmm. big artistic mecca of the world, it seems. But this, never having been there, I really got a feel for what it's about. And granted, you see a lot of the grim and gritty places. It's kind yeah. of blue. I, and, and it, stum- it's very blue. Yeah. And, and stum- Stumptown is the <laughs> nickname, one of the nicknames of Portland. So I didn't even know that. Yes, yeah, the comic book. Convention out in Portland is called Stumptown. I thought there were just a lot, of a lot of tree stumps. Do they have a big tree stump problem there? <laughs> a lot of trees, a lot of paraplegics. It, it may have been from the logging, but that's what it's from from the logging mm. and what's left the bottom. Or amputees. No trees, it, just stumps. It, it's cool because she has to go. She has to go. Find, loggers who cut off their legs. Trying to get stumps on again. Her, uh, her investigation levels. leads her to another nearby town, and I, I can't remember the, the name of it. Logtown? Uh, <laughs> something. something it's Log City. Oh, it's a, it, 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 Coast City. I think it's Coast City. Wait, it, what? It's something like that. Which Jordan one do you keep it. from there? Yeah. <laughs> but it's the uh, um, I heard on uh, iFanboy did a did a, a don't miss this podcast with with Greg a couple weeks ago, and he explained that every you know in every like PI uh, story there is the the town that you that you set it in, which is real, and then you have the fictional town that you can have all so you can the fuck really up. yeah you have all the messed up stuff. Right. In. That's where Coast City is where the laser is. The giant laser that they use to shoot to no, the moon. That, that's, that's, that's where the that's where the the, the uh, gangland boss is. It's where and, the bad casino is mm-hmm. and all the crime, yeah. crime and everything. Yeah. yeah, so you don't want to piss off anybody. Yeah, well, you it's, know, especially you know, somewhere you live. You know. Well, the guy that she Greg Ruck has been banned from the guy that she's kind of going to end up locking horns with is the like the local head of MS13. So you know what? Bad. There's spies in this shit now. No, no MS13. Oh. That's a uh, that's the um, what the uh, hell's MS13? Uh, it's uh, a really bad gang. MS-13. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, them. yes, yeah, yes, yes, yes. Masters of Science? No, <laughs> no what no. is it? MS. I, 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 I forget. I, I saw forget. that I saw that uh, episode the of Gangland. Gangland. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. no what wonder. What the hell is it? MS? I can't remember yeah. what so it stands wait, for. If you hyper, wanna... hyper-violent yeah. uh, uh, Latino gang. Yeah. Right? yeah. So if you want to take the Stumptown reality tour, you can't go to Coast City to find <laughs> the MS-13. It's not that realistic. No, man. no. So there is a, there are a little... Some little, fictional... There are real gangs. There, there's been some artistic license. So, all right. So, oh, sorry. So that's well, uh, while we're on Greg Rucka, mm-hmm. I will. Uh, I'm yeah. gonna tell my one Greg Rucka story, which I've told you before, but never publicly. Oh, <laughs> everyone gets to hear this now. Uh, it was at a, at a Chicago Comic Con years and years ago, and he was just about to put out another Atticus Kodiak novel called Critical Space, mm-hmm. and I was introduced to him um, by Jan and Jeff Jones at the time, and I said, "Oh, hey, Greg Rucka, I'm a big fan of your work. I was wondering if you could do me a favor." 
uh, would you be willing to sign my advanced reader copy of Critical Space? Because it wasn't in stores yet. He's like, yeah, sure, absolutely. I go, great. Can you give me an advanced reader's copy of Critical Space? <laughs> he looked at me and said, no, and walked away. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he didn't find nice my try. question amusing. He didn't find you amusing no, at all. I, I don't hold Patrick. it against him. I was being a jerk. There's one man that you don't want to mess with. It's Greg Rucka. Yeah, he's going to put you as a character. Greg, I eventually bought the book, so we're, we're cool. We're cool now. No, we're not cool. You didn't sign it. <laughs> I want a signed copy. You owe me a Greg Rucka. Rucka on something. Well, Patrick, you have the option of talking about any comic that you've read that you <laughs> I, have enjoyed or, or something in the store I that people are digging. I didn't bring anything to... I came oh, it would be ter- oh, unprepared. Uh, unfortunately, you know, we're not surrounded by comics wall to wall I'm here. facing the outside... <laughs> Uh, I want to bring up Superman <laughs> number 674. No. Uh, actually, so I'll just grab one of the back issues. Um, the most impressed I've been with a book lately was, and this is pretty mainstream, and you can't get more popular than this, and it's not uh, Siren from the outside. Welcome to Chicago. It's actually uh, Superman Secret Origin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm loving that book. I think that it's firing on all cylinders to use that cliche. It is yet another retelling of Superman's origin. Oh, who needs that? No, it's a lot more fun. It's a lot more streamlined. It makes sense to what they're doing now. And it's just, it's neat. It's just so much fun and exciting. And it's for a story, for a character that's 60 some odd years old, it's so great to be this excited again by it. It's fun. We actually, um, we spent a lot of time on, on that last week with, uh, with, um, who who do we, Don Kramer and and uh, and Chris Brown? Oh, we talked right. about. Was, it. I haven't listened to that one yet. Sorry, yeah, guys. I was say, no, yeah, I'm right. listening to this week's episode. I, I, no, just, I, I just I, finished I the it. first Don Kramer one. All right, so I'll, uh, I'll we'll move past that and just say I agree with everything you guys said because I listened last week and thought it was great. <laughs> I need Brainiac Five. I can get is always a good thing. Yeah, I need Brainiac Five being a dick always and being shown up by someone who's probably a bigger dick like Lightning Lad. Exactly, it always works. Anytime you can get. <laughs> do you guys find uh, the the um, uh, depiction of Clark. I mean, it's obviously Christopher Reeves. Yeah. Clark. Do you find that weird at all? Or no, I think it's kind of cool actually that they can pull it off. I like the way it looks. It, it just kind of like go. Aww. I think it's okay because it's not too Greg Landish. Yeah. You know, yeah. or it's not too like <clears throat> if it was traced cre- photos of if Christopher it was Lee. Creepy, asking. and it's it hasn't gotten to creepy yet. It's just. I still you, think of it as an homage. You understand that that for Jeff Johns, his Superman exists in the Donner universe, and that's just no, no, that's I, where it is, and, I, and it's cool. The only time I thought it was a little creepy was when he was like really young. It seemed it was just weird. It was just because you well, saw sort of like an adult Christopher Reeves. More. Kids sometimes their faces are a little are strange. A little strange. Yeah, no matter yeah. what, so, so I think that throws it off too. Everyone yeah. looks a little older than they are. I think but. I said that last time. It's like you know, even Saturn Girl is <clears throat> is like a hot seventeen year old, but she's seventeen going on seventy. He does the body right, but the face, specifically Saturn Girl's face, is too old. There's a couple of too it's many just, lines and too many. Yeah, yeah. But everybody else though, they they look and the expressions fit their ages as well. But I don't want to rehash anything we've already done. So no, it's uh, all right. somebody, somebody else pick. Somebody jump. Sal, you got uh, nothing. So you're just. I here. guess I'm like a briefly talk about. I haven't. I haven't really gotten into it that far because uh, I've only been reading it online. But it's um, uh, a couple of collections I'm picking up tonight of a web comic called Wondermark. I think we interviewed them once. Really? At a at the at um, Wizard Chicago. Oh no, kidding! Yeah, God, that really? must have been a long time. Ago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I never read. I, I I like ran across the web comic through a link to something else, and I started reading it. I Maybe was we just, didn't interview them on the air, but I remember talking to them. 
Well, maybe uh, I'm the only one that talked. Maybe to him. I don't know. It may have been you. Like it looked, you know, it's funny because it did seem familiar, but but I, maybe because I hadn't seen it in so long. But it's called Wonder Mark. It's a, it's a uh, online webcomic strip uh, by a guy David Malky with an exclamation mark. Malky, I, I know that. Name. And uh, I I can't talk that much about it just because I haven't really read that much about it. Um, but there are two collections, hardcover collections, really nice, hard put together hardcover collections um, of the webcomic, uh, and it's kind of like he takes. Um, old Victorian old advertising and turns it into comic strips. Ooh, ooh, a lot of times, commenting on Give, Chris, you know, just very read the topical back kind read of the, stuff. Right there. And a lot of them are, are hilarious. They're just really funny. And and uh, uh, like I said, the, the, there's two hardcover collections out of them now. Now, does he? Do you know? I don't because I have no idea. But is he taking actual? Artwork it was from my old. I, I don't. I don't want to be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's what he was doing. Or, the, the existing artwork that. So it is existing artwork. He's not recreating the art, or yeah. he's not creating artwork in the style of, uh, like old Victorian. <laughs> Maybe he is at this point because he's been doing it for a while. Right. I don't know. That's. I'm not sure. I'll have to. I'll have to find out more about it. But. But yeah. It's. It's like. <clears throat> Look back in our old episodes. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> See, if we could talk to him. Maybe he told us. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, that one's cool though. But, yeah, it, but it's really funny stuff, it, and uh, I I don't even know I wasn't really anybody who's at all. a fan of Akewood, This is the same kind of humor, but while being being in a completely different style. I think the, yeah, the, the that's Wondermark.com yeah. is the website. You can you can read it all online if you want to. But um, I decided to uh, to I wanted to pick up the hardcovers just because I I want the collections of them and and support these guys that are doing it or this guy that's doing it because they're they're really really funny and clever and uh, and. However, he's doing the artwork. Whether he, I think he might. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, to me, it it certainly looks look like, like he he repeats the same image all the way through panels. Yeah, there's not a lot of motion or range of the characters, but there doesn't have to be because it's a dialogue based strip. Right. No, it's cool. It's a, it's probably a lot of public domain. Yeah, um, old uh, yeah. old stuff from and advertisements. They're nice collections. And, they do a nice yeah, combination nice. of cloth binding. The, the first and, one is called Beards of Our Forefathers. <laughs> and then the second one is called Clever Tricks to Stave Off Death. So, I don't know. Check them out online, and, and you might uh, who, dig them. Who uh, Dark publishes Horse? Dark Horse published huh. uh, the two collections. Yep. Dark Horse does a nice, nice. nice mix. They're really funny. And there was the thing, I and I told Tom about this earlier tonight, that there was on their website you can order prints of any of their strips. And one of them I, that I wanted to order for Tom was it was the Hierarchy of Beards. And it was all it was sort of like a flow chart of the, you know, the... the the uh, higher the ranking old, beards. higher ranking beards and and all that so I just thought that was a perfectly Tom thing. Well, you know I'm always concerned with making sure that <clears throat> people's beards are paid <laughs> the proper respect and comparison to other people's beards. And rightfully so. Yeah, I mean, you're you're one of those guys that whenever you have a full beard and you decide to get rid of it, you shave it off in stages, right? <laughs> no, I get I get I I do I get rid of it very slowly. <laughs> I respect the Trim beard. It. It took a long time to get. You shouldn't just rush and get rid of it all well, at once. Well, what he's doing is once he gets to the full beard, he goes to the hierarchy as he trims down each one. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm a beard snob. in the proper order. Yeah. <laughs> beard snob. Beard snob. Not a beer snob. A beard I, snob. I did have another comic book, uh, just kind of a f- funny anecdote. I was um, talking to my nephew the other day, and he uh, doesn't read comics or anything, but he, he digs all the comic book movies, and he was talking about the stuff that's you know been announced and coming out and everything, and... Uh, he said something about Green Lantern, and he's like, "Do you know who's?" He asked me who who was playing Green Lantern, and I said uh, Ryan Reynolds. And he said, "Oh, really? They're making him white." <laughs> <And> I just <laughs> laughed. <laughs> 
And I was like, well, I guess to you know, to that's, certain hey, you know, people man, that don't read the comics, the that you know, that's, is, that's the um, uh, Justice League cartoon, yeah, effect yeah, right, right there, yeah. absolutely. Yep. I just thought that's that, hilarious. Yeah, that was pretty funny. A white Green Lantern. Yeah, that, I mean, it was. It, well, that's what it was like. He, I mean, he looked at me like it was like, what the hell is that? Well, I mean, no, no, I was under the impression that Ryan Reynolds is going to be going one of those skin transformation things. Oh, like Tropic Thunder, like exactly, yeah. The He's anti- shaving his the, head and having a good Did you see the, the thing? The anti-Sammy Sosa? Did you see the thing about how they're, uh, they're, the Sergeant Rock movie, they're considering having oh, it take place in the future? The future? What? Yeah. No, what? see, I could almost see it work if Sergeant Rock is not from the future. If he gets transported from, like, you know, World War II to the future. They're going to do that? Just I could see that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's Talk about, like, uh, ruining any idea of what... Here's what we do. We take this idea... <laughs> And then we change one of the basic parts of it completely. <laughs> this would take place in World War when, II. <coughs> when's Jonah Hex coming out? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Next year sometime. It it's, should be. They have Valentine's the, Day, I think. It's okay, like it's a good number one Valentine's day movie. Yeah, yeah sure. It's a couple's but retreat. They, ha- they have sure. to have been <laughs> wrapped up with primary shooting on that. Probably. It, yeah, it's been a while ago. They've been adding yeah. the face digitally. Yeah, Probably. Or subtracting, Tom. <laughs> or taking, I don't know, I made that up. <laughs> They're just cutting out Megan uh, Fox's lines. Oh, no. I don't want to tank the movie too bad. <laughs> All right, I see G.I. Joe? Oh, no, I haven't yet. It's horrible. Was it bad? It's terrible. Was it fun bad, though? No. Just bad, bad. Did you bad, go in with bad. expectations? No, absolutely not. I don't. He expected uh, I, it I to was, be bad and I lived was, up to it. I mean, I was a bit of a, a fan of the, co- the cartoon. I've never really read the comics at all. So I didn't have a huge like expectation at all. I mean, I not like, enough roadblock. I like uh, like the Transformers movies just because they're giant robots fighting. I don't expect a whole lot more from sure. a movie that of giant robots fighting. Yeah. So I kind of went into it thinking it was going to be along the same lines of that. Really, no story and just a bunch. And it was, but it was not enough giant robots fighting in GI Joe for me to enjoy it. I think you kept waiting for the giant robots to show. <laughs> the only thing, the giant robots. The only thing that's going to save this movie, it would have, is it, a giant it, robot it showing up right now. It would have, it, it, it didn't happen. This portion of Around Comics is brought to you by Netflix. Right now, you can start a free two-week trial by going to www.netflix.com forward slash around comics. At Netflix, you'll find over 100,000 titles to choose from, including classics and new releases, as well as TV series. Plans start from as low as $4.99 per month, and you can keep each movie as long as you want with no wait fees ever. Netflix has free shipping both ways, and you can expect your next selection to be delivered in about one business day. Now watch some movies and TV series over the internet for no extra charge. I use this service with my Xbox 360 and personal laptop and love it. So head over to www.netflix.com forward slash around comics and get started with your free trial today. I wanted to ask you, Patrick. Um, yes. With the um, the promotion for uh, some of the Blackest Night books, where they're giving out the the rings that come with the books, have you had a lot of people that 
picked like picked up Doom Patrol just because they wanted the ring. We uh, had a significant increase in numbers of subscribers as for Doom Patrol, and a handful of people buy it off the shelf. The problem is Doom Patrol is not a good book. It's, and it's, it's not little, the yeah. best tie-in maneuver, but we ordered so much of the book in the rings that people can get the ring separately, and that's the way people are going. The ring promotion is a great idea. It gets people interested. Uh, it just so happens that we were doing our own promotion for the Green Lantern, Black as Night mm-hmm. stuff. We were making temporary tattoos, one a month for each Lantern core to coincide with an issue of Black as Night. So we're halfway done with that. And you know, if DC wants to do something else too, that's cool. But you know, our it just the the tattoo <laughs> thing. To get in the way of your of your lame. Lame. But it's weird because people think the tattoos are are every store. I'm like, no, this is just us. Mm-hmm. We've started sharing it with a comic shop out in Orlando, like doing an extra run, and, and they're doing it as well uh, because we like those guys and they do a lot of cool promotions. But uh, the rings are a great idea, and it's really weird around the city. And of course, no matter what it is with the internet, any everybody from every corner of the of the country is going to have their own stories about it. Some stores are doing it. You buy the ring or buy, buy the comic, get the ring free. Other people do just buy the ring or give them or whatever. However, it's different stories. But so many people are saying that they don't have them. They can't find them. Their stores don't have them. A DC right now, they're still available, and we have like a hundred still, and we will for all of them. And most of the stores around the country probably still do. It's just the stores that don't that didn't order high that their customers are the ones saying no. There are no more. They're super rare. And they're, they're not, not rare. rare. They're not rare. <laughs> they're not rare. DC, even in anticipation of this, it was a situation of, you know, order 25 comics, get 25 rings, or order 25 comics, get 50 rings, or order 50 and get 50. It was different per book. But at the last second, they doubled the number of rings you were going to get. So everybody got twice as many rings as they thought they were going to get. So if you're still running out with twice as many, maybe you should have ordered differently. Yeah. But this is an eight-month book. This is an eight-month promotion. So even though all the, the rings are just in November, the people will want the rings all the way through to the end of this and as it continues, and even in the future. How, how often, I mean... Is it is it one ring a week? or It's two a, rings a week for two, okay. each week in November. By okay. the end of November, they're all going to be out. Okay. And Very DC cool. was cool enough to send every every store a set of all eight at a time. Mm-hmm. To, to promote it. So what rings have come out so uh, far? So far, Sinestro. the Black Ring mm-hmm. and the, the Black Lanterns and um, Sinestro. And and last week, see how I'm doing this from the future? Son of a bitch. Indigo and Orange. Yeah, it was funny with, uh, I thought that Doom Patrol didn't use the opportunity to have a bunch of new people read it very well. They did I not. Thought, but I, I also mean, thought it, it was a it weird is, timing. All, but yeah, it's issue four. Yeah. So it's hard to do, hey, jump on now when you're in the middle of your first story arc. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I thought that was a little bit of a messed up as far as that. You know, I was like, oh, I don't know if anyone's going to read this. Tom, Tom, story Tom had the best uh, <clears throat> ring quote uh, on Twitter. I think you said uh, my... Uh, fits, fits right over my wedding ring. Yeah, and both <laughs> both instill great fear. Both instill great fear, yeah. <laughs> it's a nice sight. I think I got my ring in my bag. I don't actually. understand how Doom Patrol... Is Can't be awesome. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you have like seventeen X Men books that have survived and done really well for you know thirty years. At, you can't get one decent Doom Patrol. Maybe book. it's because they're actually ugly. Maybe or two yeah. of them. Yeah, are. if you look, if you think back, every hideous X Man has been changed. Remember, Marrow was this hideous Jesus. creature, and then she became comic book fans are so shallow. Dead. Yeah, well, absolutely. Uh. <laughs> look at look at Pixie when Scotty was first doing uh, New X Men. And Pixie was just this this young butterfly type kind of a freak. Right now she's gorgeous with pink mm-hmm. hair and a, a killer Greg Land body. Oh hell, go not, back to go back babe. to go back to mimic. 
Yeah, right? I mean, there you go. Sad. With uh, those with those you glasses. Sick fucks out there. <laughs> Drive everything away. Bastards. They should have had a Metal Men uh, lantern ring promotion. <laughs> that would have been good. Yeah, every different metal, absolutely. Uh, while there will be eight... <laughs> Can I get an orange ring? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just make sure don't you want all the orange room. rings? Because you're greedy. It would be good if DC only came out with one orange ring. Only one person. One store got the orange ring. Has anybody seen the serial parody where they use different serial box mascots mm-hmm. as the different lanterns? No, I have not I have seen, seen that. that. Yes. Uh, um, uh, God, I can't remember all of them, but Tony the Tiger, I think, was the Green Lantern. Uh, you had Toucan Sam. You had, I can't remember who was what, what Lucky though. Charms guy. Yeah. Uh, the Tricks Rabbit. Cow Chocula was the Black Lantern. Of course. No, I'm sorry. Quiss was the Black Lantern. Oh. Cow Chocula was the, was the, I can't remember. But it was kind of neat. The Brown Lantern. The Brown. It, it took brown a long time brown. to figure out. You know the Brown Lantern. But they're actually, uh, there's, there's heavy rumors of there being a ninth Lantern Corps that we don't know about. Uh-huh. The White Lantern. And well, uh, just it's just a rumor. It's rumor. just speculation. And I absolutely cannot confirm if they're going to be doing a ring promotion <laughs> with that as well. Well, interesting. More and then more uh, rings. Yeah, and more then rings. another ring, and well, then Black another is, ring. Black is nice, doing really well. It seems from what I've heard. Top, top, uh, four, top four in sales. Somebody, doing... I was actually at uh, Club Lago over the weekend, mm. and just a random bar patron had a really cool idea for if there is a White Lantern, which we don't know. <laughs> who it should be and most people assume it's going to be Kyle but somebody said it should be Don Hall because Hawk hmm. was they couldn't Hawk. corrupt Hawk he was one of the, the rejected Black Lanterns like they, oh, they he, his, <laughs> his animated corpse would not yeah animate. oh wait no Dove from Hawk and Dove sorry Dove did I say Dove, Hawk? Dove. no I did I okay. just said Hawk sorry wait what? sorry Hawk and Dove wasn't Dove Dove was a good girl well, no, Dove is a girl now. Currently, Dove's a girl. Oh, yeah. The original Hank and Dove was a dude. Yeah. Two yeah. dudes, They were man. brothers. Was it? Yeah. Hank and Don Hall. <laughs> Hank and Don Hall. Is that like okay. way back? Yeah. All right, Tom. Oh, I only remember like the 80s Hawk and Dove. Who's All right. muscly. Tom? Yeah. You know. yeah. All right. Hank, yeah? Hank Hall, Don Hall. They're Hall and Oates. They're Halls. Oh. Yeah. How are they related to Carter Hall. It doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> it Whenever it matter. involves a, a Hawkman, just forget yeah, about just it. Yeah, just forget about it. How about Dr. Don't Fate? Bother. How about Airwave? Isn't Airwave... Um, Hal Jordan. They're like cousins. But they have the same name. That's all. Yeah. And really? they explained Air, it away. Airwave yeah, they're is both. Hal Jordan. Not the Hal Jordan. A Hal Jordan. A Hal yeah, Jordan. Man, the golden age. That shit. <laughs> You're Hal Jordan. No, not that Hal Jordan. And then they weirdly, I think, explained it away as cut. Even You're though he was from Green Earth Lantern? 2. What? <laughs> the other White Hal Jordan. Green Lantern. White Lantern. John Stewart should be the White Lantern. <laughs> <laughs> now that would be cool. Yeah. It's like, what? All in white. Just sort of. You mean the Daily Show John Stewart, look right? look good. Yeah, you know. yeah, not that John Stewart. Yeah, he could be yeah. political while he's fighting crime. Funny. Exactly. Uh, go back and, uh, yeah, for the speculation where that's coming from, uh, pick up the Alan Moore stories of the DC Universe. That and, and he did some... Jeff uh, John stole all of Blackest Night from. A lot of it. Oh, oh, not <laughs> all of it. Built, it's all in there. All built built all in there. It. It's well, all actually, in, it. in the, what was the last issue of Blackest Night, they had the, uh, the freaky alien dude from that, uh, from that. Yeah, Alan Bleeding Moore. Cool pulled it out as like, uh, if you look at it as a reaction to what Alan Moore said, that it's kind of funny when he says, <laughs> he's like, you didn't predict any of this stuff happening. <laughs> you know, it, it was, it's interesting. Alan will take credit for anything he 
he can get his hands on. Yeah. No. Did you guys hear about the, those two librarians that were fired over the uh, the? Uh, no. it, I just read it today on. For, uh, weren't they fired for not allowing a kid? They, to, they it was were, weird. Yeah. There was a 11 year old kid that wanted to uh, take out of the library a copy of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I don't. I think Black Dossier. Okay. And um, they had before this kid even came and wanted it. These two librarians had decided that they were not going to allow anyone to uh, take it out of the library, but they couldn't do it, you know, any sort of legal way. So they but just anybody at all, or anybody, anyone like at all. 17 they didn't want or? they didn't want the book in the library, but they couldn't get it, you know, removed from the library. So what they did is they checked it out themselves. The one woman checked it out and held <laughs> on to it for like a hundred weeks, That's so like fucking two annoying. Years, like two years. Wow. And so finally this girl who she could never seem, it was never at the library, she finally put it on hold. She's like, you know, when it comes in, I want it, and she put it on hold. So um, so then something happened where it all came out that these two librarians were doing, there, there was two of them, and they were both, they would like go back and forth, like you hold on to it for, and, uh, wow, and what they the ended fuck? up, it ended up coming out, and they ended the up books. getting fired. Because of it. Well, I can uh, absolutely understand somebody not letting a child check out a book for mature readers' reasons. There's plenty of books yeah. in this store that right. do not allow anyone to let 11 year olds have. But yeah, for anybody, that's. <laughs> yeah. No, you see, when you, when you said it was 11 year olds personal, I'm like, well, that, I, I guess I can get on board with that. But. And of all the black dossier, really? I, I guess there was some there is some sexual some stuff in and sexual stuff in there that yeah. they didn't. But like, are they doing that for every book that plus they have all those in the English library? Public domain literature characters. Nobody wants to read about those. Oh, <laughs> man. Oh. But think of all the other books you probably have. Like, how many other books were they also checking out? So people, I they mean, pro- like, they probably got be... confused with Lost Girls. Yeah. somebody. Had, you know what? You're probably comment. right. Mm-hmm. There was a comment on the uh, on the probably didn't even read it uh, on the story, and it was like. Well, you know, I appreciate the fact that it's a 11-year-old girl, but shouldn't we kind of look at the idea that, you know, that there are 11-year-old kids in libraries at all? <laughs> Maybe that's more important <laughs> yeah. than whether or not they read Black We don't dossier. have the book you want. Go away. Go what away. 11, what 11-year-old kid is turned under the Black Dossier, though? That's kind of interesting. Yeah. And you figure she's like probably 11. read the first two. I mean... At that point, yeah, yeah. you would think. Or, I don't know. Who knows? Well, it, it's so always we weird to me how often when a kid comes up with a book that it's... I feel is inappropriate for their age group, and they're with a parent, and you say, hey, you might want to look through this. Half the time, the parents look through and say, you're right, thank you, I'm going to put this back. Most of the time, you just go, no, it's cool, whatever they want. They're reading. Okay, yeah. yeah. Whatever they I want. I mean, it's our job to point it out. It's our job, that's what, our what job do, to stop now, them. Right, what, to make what a do judgment you do, call on them. As a shop owner, what, what do you do if there's, you know, a, a 10-year-old kid comes in and and wants to buy something without a guardian, without a parent or guardian, that is obviously way beyond what they should be. We tell them that they they not that they can't get it, but their mom or dad has to be with them when they pick when they get it. Okay, that's cool. They have to be able to. Somebody has to sign off on it, and it could just be a bum they get off out the sidewalk out front who says, "Yeah, that looks good." That's like, my like son. Yeah. <laughs> like how we used to get beer. Yeah, <laughs> I think I just let him buy this book and sell me some more sterner. <laughs> I think I just found an extra avenue to make some money. I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm hang just outside gonna hang your out. shop. Hey, hey, you want some black hey. dossier, man? You, you want to buy tarot? You <laughs> looking for tarot? <laughs> You want to buy tarot? Alice in Wonderland? I, I have a, <laughs> while we have Dal next to us, I have a quick question. Uh, Wondermark-related question. Okay. That's art that he's found. That's all public domain, right? It's Correct. not. He's not doing it himself. He Everything has been reused. It's all turn-of-the-century advertisement art. Yeah. Okay. Turn-of-the-century Some of it we just weren't sure if he's been doing it for so long that he's been able to... 
So don't worry if it was all made by artists that got screwed out of their original art. They're all dead now anyway. They're all dead. Who cares? Kirby did most of it. We're going to go, go, go with it being David Malky. Malky's the way David to say it. David It does have an exclamation mark at the end, so you do have to Malky! Malky! Tom! <laughs> yeah? Well, thank you, you very have, much, Dale. What do you have there? Uh, another That's book fair. I want to talk about was Assault on New Olympus, uh, featuring Incredible Hercules versus The Amazing Spider-Man. Written versus? By Greg, yeah. Versus. There's a fight between Hercules and Spider-Man, written by Greg Pak. Do they later team up? Yeah, well, yeah. Whoa, of did course. you read it already? <laughs> yeah, did you? How did you know uh, that? Fred Van Lenty with art by a man by the last name of uh, Buscemi. Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi. <laughs> Rodney. Oh. Rodney, oh, Rodney Buscemi. His cousin. Yeah, I'm I'm probably slaughtering it, but it was very interesting. I, I've really been enjoying Incredible Hercules, and that's just the very much. Al- this also features the Agents of Atlas. Yep, it's got an Agents of Atlas backup. They're everywhere. Is it written by Parker? Yeah, it's Gabriel Hardman. Don't really? don't fold the cover, Chris. Jesus, I'm being wow. careful with it. Good My Lord. God, that's a collectible. <laughs> amateur, you fucking amateur. <laughs> I think it was a great book. I think it was a lot of fun, yeah. and it did follow immediately from the last issue of Incredible Hercules. But it should have just been the next issue of Incredible Hercules. Yeah, that was the There's only no thing. No reason to make it a, a one. That was the only alone. thing that I was like, what? Yeah. I mean, we rack yeah. it right next to Hercules. It's not like we're gonna like say, oh, you read Amazing Spider-Man, you gotta get this issue. They had all that crazy stuff with Incredible Hercules, where they, it was coming out every two weeks. Yeah, and, like, and then they were flipping it. This is an Amadeus Cho story, and this is. Hercules I didn't even story get the Amadeus Cho one, so oh, I was really? just like, oh, too bad. Know? Those were good. Yeah, I'll probably get them at some point. But I was like, do I, I don't want to buy Incredible Hercules twice? You know. Twice a month. The I mean, so, some people still feel tricked that it was the Hulk that just transferred over the yeah, number, <laughs> and now they're doing it twice a month. You know, Gabe Hardman can draw the shit out of some girl, man. That's that's all I'm saying. I think you used that exact quote the last time I was on this program. I, pff, he can probably. draw the shit out of girl, man. Yeah, it was a very, it was a very funny awesome. story. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoy how Greg Pak and Fred Van Lenty write Hercules. They're he's having like, fun with it. They're, he's, good, they're a good team on that. He's the yeah. perfect mix of like hubris and uh, sort of common man. Or at least he thinks he's a common man. Um, you know, mixed with he's pretension. the common man's god. Yeah, ex- he's yeah, come a, a long really way good, from yeah. Bob Layton's comedic character of the '80s, but he's still entertaining. I like the comedy because there is a funny part to to Herc. But yeah, I think I think Tom kind of hit it. He's the Common man's god. It's you know he's the god that's. I found him to be quite a tragic character. He likes to party. <laughs> he does like yeah. He likes to have a good time, and he's good in the sack apparently. And he fights Spider Man in this, so it there was. Uh, and then teams up. Which, yeah, then teams up. Speaking of, because of you, because of you, Tom Caters. Yeah. I I, I came about you. I came to Challengers this week and picked up this Mighty Avengers. Yes, stupid bastard, which has Hercules oh. in it. And you're right. It's very entertaining. I told you you'd like that a lot. I, I, and I was right, 100%, like I always. Thoroughly, I, was thoroughly, I was thoroughly entertained. Yeah. And and Hank, it's the first time I've ever said, ooh, Hank Pym is a cool character. I want to read more of him. Or like, oh, or instead, uh, it was the first time you ever reacted and didn't think, someone get Hank Pym off the panel immediately so we can get to somebody <laughs> uh, somebody else as quickly as possible. Thank and, you. And, and Quicksilver is hilarious in it because he's only – in the team at this point, this is this is the first hardcover edition of Earth's Mightiest of, of Slots Run of Slots, Slots Run, Run, yeah. And he is Quicksilver is only in the team because he wants to find Scarlet Witch. He's like has absolutely no interest in being on this team. No except, pretension, except for of that any other reason to yeah. be involved with it. But 
I, like I, I said, I guaranteed that you would like it, and it happened mm-hmm. again. Cha-ching! Tom Cater's uh, guarantee! Cha-ching, exactly. Now, now Chris, let me give me you my advice, mm-hmm. and don't get the next one, and just quit reading from there. Because <laughs> now the book is terrible, the really? art is awful. Wow. wow. And yeah, do you the still art, enjoy it? I'm still enjoying it, but the art hasn't been as good it's, as... It's the first time in I don't know how many years I quit buying an Avengers book. It just really? Oh, that takes a lot. That, yeah, that, that's saying a lot. That's for me. I'm still enjoying the story. I think it would help if they picked an artist. Lately the art is a, is a huge, huge deal because it's not great. Sorry, Burnham. The art is not good. It switched around a lot. It was Sean Chen for an issue and then it would go to somebody else and then, and well, then it was split it's in It's mainly Koi Fam. Yeah. Who is not my favorite artist either. But Nor mine. I still, I'm still quite enjoying the story. Yeah. Well, that, 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 I got bored. Well, that brings up a, another book is um, Fractions Iron Man. I, I, I picked up the... Um, Probably uh, my favorite Marvel book right now. The uh, World's Most Wanted. Oh, my God. That Great story. story. So, that story just, just ended now. Man, it, I, I, I love it, but the uh, the LaRocca art is hard for me to swallow. Do you guys remember Sal LaRocca back in the day when he was actually doing full figure art and not on the computer and not with pencil-thin line work and not letting the colorist do all the dimensionality yeah. and depth? Man, I miss that guy. It's, Ever since Austin's X Men, he's gone to this loose outline. It makes him faster, but yeah, I, I know I know other people who his Iron share Man's your cool. His, his Iron the Iron Man the is cool. It's I, the I, tough part is when there's a face yeah. and you don't know who it is. Like if there's like a panel of someone, style? I'm uh, yeah, like <laughs> well, it's not even that. It's like you see a face of someone, and for a second you have to sit and think like, who is this that's that's talking? Because everyone kind of has the same. Like look to them a little the bit. Same structure, the same safe yeah. shape, yeah. face. Or they shape. might just have and, a mustache. And I, I, re- uh, I really like Matt's writing on on this, but there there are times when you know Fraction has these. He's kind of like Ellis. He's got these really awesome big kind of. ideas and great you know great scope. But there are these emotional beats in the story that that really need the artist to to kind of you know, come up to a level to really get that yeah. to resonate with you because some of the some of those emotional moments are just a tad cheesy and if the art wasn't equally as cheesy it would it would have a lot more resonance with it and, and no, I don't that. I don't know if Luroka hits it's like but I I really enjoyed the story. I love the idea of the story, and and I I liked it. But yeah, Laroka is just it's it's it, that's the weak link of that. When book for Tony me. shaves and gets a haircut and changes his hair color, no idea it was him. <laughs> so hard to follow along. I'm like yeah. who's that? Yeah, that's part of the yeah. problem too. Is yeah. like, wait, is that Tony? Yeah, yeah. But just the Tony? the concept is so great, and I, I try to explain it to people, but it always sounds dumb trying to explain it. Well, you know, he's deleting his brain because all this information he's got in his head, Osborne wants again, so he's getting rid of it, and he's getting dumber. And it's, oh my god, it's, it's done so well, but people just go, "That's stupid." No, it's not really. No. My, my like, explanation is stupid. Comic book ideas they sound stupid when you explain. When you explain and, and it to he gets to, you're right. You're yeah. right. But he it, gets to go back and use all the different armor again too. That's so one. cool. It's the first book um, that I've really liked Maria Hill as a character. It's the because first. no offense, she's not written by Bendis anymore, and she has some personality and depth to her. I didn't say that. I think this it's is, <laughs> uh, because you're not threatened by her any longer. She's been stripped of her authority, I, I so think now I, might I, I can it. approach her a little. I'm yeah. just saying. I don't know. That was that was a fucked up story with her and the, with the controller. And the controller, right. Oh, how, how great to... I mean, that's such a 
huge story on its own that they just kind of tuck to the side. Mm-hmm. You only get what you need to know from that story. It doesn't matter with the rest of it. That actually, um, it kind of hurt reading that in trade because I think that the tension over oh, the month. Oh, yeah, it the built month, little by little. Yeah, yeah. It, it's like, oh, okay, this took place over three issues, and that would have been like three months. I read it, you know, in, you know, 45 minutes, the, and, and that kind of, I think, hurt the tension level. One of the most confusing things about that storyline to me was this was, I think, Marvel's sixth monthly book that had Black Widow doing something completely different. She's everywhere. Exactly. She's everywhere, and she's uh, impersonating the blonde Black Widow and Thunderbolts, but she's captured in Captain America. And here <laughs> this she's one, she's with... just kind of hanging out, <laughs> like not doing anything. Well, she's a secret agent. She can do that. She's being secretive. How, have you read the the new Black Widow comic? The one? Uh, yeah, it's that, actually it's uh, really good. Paul Cornell did. Paul, Paul yeah. Cornell, good. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun. Absolutely cool. I, I, I uh, went into it thinking I was not going to like it. Then I'm like, oh, it's Paul Cornell. I forgot. And it was good. But touching one more thing on the Iron Man uh, storyline is actually the next storyline, Stark Disassembled. Mm-hmm. Have you guys seen the cover designs for those? Ryan Hughes is doing the cover designs, and it's compl- it's different. Like They're letting him completely redesign the Marvel books. And when Captain America Reborn came out with their numbering system in the really thin vertical barcode yeah i'm like oh they should do that for everything and they didn't well they're doing it with this and it's got a very specific design scheme to the the oh man it's so cool the problem is they're doing it 50 50 covers with patrick zercher so all the cool design elements of the ryan hughes ones are gone but no. it's it's really i thought for the first i'm like well this is really marvel stepping up their cover designs to the the, the future I mean, if, I've really liked some of the cover stuff, like Secret Warriors. I've liked how yeah, they let exactly. Hickman design and, and those. And stuff like that, for sure. Uh, then you see what they're doing for Siege. Oh, it's like that, but instead of being horizontal, it's vertical. Yeah. But it's still, I, I yeah. do appreciate the design. You look at it right away and saying, oh, it's a crossover. It's part of it or whatever. Yeah. It's not just a bar across the top. No, no, it's cool. But yeah, yeah the Iron Man, when you see the, and it's very simple block text, Invincible Iron Man, but it's the designs are great. I fell in love with them. Cool. You gotta love a good cover. You do, you really do. Especially nowadays when most covers don't relate or aren't done by the people who are actually doing the books. Sometimes I completely don't even look at the covers. It's a a lot of that because of the the amount of time uh, for for pre-orders and soliciting and all that. They want to get them done in advance, but also as any artist for Marvel who does a cover, Marvel gets to use their image three times. Whether it be trade paperback or a poster or toy mm-hmm. packaging or whatever, so they have to be generic enough to be able to use in different formats. And I, I miss hmm. having. You mean a this is generic? Hercules <laughs> <laughs> and Spider-Man, Spider-Man coming through a wall. On a stone wall, yeah. Well, not only that, you have so much of the market is pre-orders and people are ordering off of covers a lot of times and a little bit of. But the covers text. don't even tell you what. But not about. Savage Dragon. This happens well, in no, this that's issue. The whole point. I mean, <laughs> You're Savage. selling it off a cover, so you get a bigger name artist to do the cover, and then you don't pay that same guy to but do the But that doesn't interiors. work so much anymore. I mean, from the retail side, of people don't just buy a book because of the cover artist anymore. They no, stop no, doing I, that. not not in a store, not a, you know, walk ups on you know, come and and buying in a store, but you still have a large portion of, of buyers that are buying it, you know, in advance. They're pre-ordering it. That's true. Through you know, and that's I think a big part of it still. Sure. This uh, happened. I hate in, it. I can't stand this it. This happened in Savage Dragon. I'm holding up Savage Dragon 154. <laughs> Savage Dragon this scene, it don't, by a whatever Eric Larson, dragon looking kind of whatever Eric Larson draws on that cover. Happens. It happens. It happens, it happens in that issue. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah.
keynotes. Yeah, I, did, I did read another uh, comic that I, uh, I'd, I'd like to bring up briefly. Um, Garfield uh, and Friends. Garfield and Friends. No, Daredevil 501, the, new, the oh, first yeah, yeah, I issue it. of Andy yeah. Diggle. Uh, it was really good. I, I, I can't remember the artist's name. I don't have it in front of me. Uh, Roberto De La Torre. There you go. Um, Roberto De La Torre. You run a comic Who, shop, Who's don't doing you? it? I read Daredevil. <laughs> He's doing a completely different style. He's doing his best cross between Maleev and Michael Lark. Yes. Uh, I um, got to say, you know, I... Because he was I, their... Go- he I did Invincible Iron Man for a while. He did um, Ms. Marvel. He was their go-to mainstream superhero guy. When I heard he's doing Daredevil, I'm like, oh, it's going to be awful. But... It's totally really good. Yeah. Very, very grim. Very- yeah, very, very Alex Maleev, uh, Michael Lark. And I got to say, as much as I like Michael Lark, I didn't love his work on Daredevil. Uh, I have to say the same about... Uh, Brubaker, quite honestly, is I didn't love his work on Daredevil. I loved the uh, when he started. When he started, started, it was amazing. Started, started it was great. The and first story great. Then, then, then it, the second story arc was bam. Right you know where there. it lost me when he went to France. That's, yeah. that's, that's <laughs> like, it. It's like, he, he dug himself out of that hole, but he never got to yeah, the level right. he was at. Thank you, thank you, Civil War. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Part of it was yeah, yeah. It was Civil like, War. We got to get him out of the country. But and and honestly, it's like I've been reading Daredevil for so long that after you know all these stories and it's sort of. The, after the whole Brubaker thing, I was like, "Well, maybe I'm just tired of reading Daredevil." And then I read that issue, and I was like, "Oh, thank you, Andy Diggle. You just it's you know, kind like, of a whole new Daredevil. yeah, it's like a yeah. whole new Daredevil." And and uh, it was a really good issue, and I'm really looking forward. How to How crazy is it that the Hand have remodeled their outfits? Oh, like looks, they look awesome minions. though. The yeah. Devil's Hand uh, outfits are kick ass. And do they uh, call themselves the Devil's Hand? That's awesome. Do they? I don't know. I, that's no, what I've been yeah, calling no, them. They, they don't use that in the book. That is well, great. they should certainly be called the Devil's Hand. Let's trademark it. Trademark that shit. Yeah, That's no two shit. tonight. What did you say over there before that we were going to copyright uh, pop as well? Rock. <laughs> pop rock. Oh, no, uh, Brit, 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 Brit Rock. Brit Rock. Yeah, Brit Rock. Brit Rock. Brit Rock and, yeah, Devil's Hand. Yeah, you know what? I don't think they do call it, but that's what I called it. <laughs> Devil's Hand. Hand. That's like, great. It's like Devil's Hand. Um... Yeah, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what's, uh, hey, what's going to happen. Andy Diggle is a good writer, and we've said it for four years now. Yeah, maybe four. So five. pay attention. We've been saying it for four years. Go, we're not going to say it again. Be, no, be, be, before, before the movie, <laughs> yeah, before the movie to. comes out, go out. I get those get those trades of the losers. Read that series. I, I still so have good. not read the losers. Oh, I it's jock, jock artwork. Andy I know. I just, you know, it's I a lot of fun. It really is. It's I got, a great I got beards series. of our forefathers to read, man. Come <laughs> on, I, can't. I got beard shit to write. Ooh, you want to talk about that? Yeah, sure. I'll, talk, I'll talk about I, this. With I want to segue perfectly into that because I love that cover, Chrissy. Uh, I will tell. Yeah, we're talking, her last name. talking about covers and uh, uh, Cinderella from Fable Town. Chrissy Zulo. Oh, new Fable. Her, that cover and is it the covers you? that she's perfect for that book. For the Fables universe, we're talking about Cinderella uh, from Fable Town with Love, and I think that that cover is great. And it's awesome. Uh, yeah, it's super. Oh man, it's so much fun. It's it certainly fits within the James Jean Milo of Fables cover artists, mm-hmm. yeah. and whoever's doing the Fable covers now are also equally as good. They've always it's been a staple of that series, and and the the cover for Cinderella number one from Fable Town with Love. Do you guys love covers. Good. Oh well, that's a, <laughs> that's the only reason. That's an awesome cover, and this goes against everything I just that's said awesome about cover. oh, the interiors aren't the same as the outside. But Vertigo has a long tradition of having covers by different people, and at least they mm-hmm. have a, a like the cover artist will do the whole book. It's not like oh, well, Hercules has a different cover every issue. The only thing I would say about this cover is I wouldn't recognize as that is the same Cinderella from the Fables book. You're not, you're not supposed to. You're actually, as you go through, there's a well, bunch of... she's uh, a spy. She's in disguise. She shows the, the different aspects. <laughs> she, but, she uh, like a the only thing that bugged me about the book is that I didn't know going into that it, it's a 
story from the past. That's fine because I'm not caught up on Fable, so you don't I ask, am tell me. Finally, <laughs> are you finally caught finally up? Finally caught up on Fables and Jack and Fables. Okay, then I won't tell you how I know that it's a story from the past. <laughs> no spoilers. No spoilers, please. Um, Tom, did you enjoy Cinderella number one? Oh, I, d- I did enjoy it quite a Chris bit. Chris Robertson, who. Um, has been writing some uh, House of Mystery. He wrote the uh, the Neil Adams drawn story in House of Mystery. Meet the Robertson. Yeah, yeah. I, I I can't say that I love the other <laughs> stuff that he wrote, wrote before that I've read, mm-hmm. but I actually I, I thought this was really mm-hmm. you know it was quite good. But I, I it's sort of based really on how awesome the Fables universe is. Is that when you Holy can pick shit. these characters? Such a great character. Yeah. There's uh, my good friend Guido. His the first time he came, the first day we were open. Uh, at Challengers, he came in. He's like, "Just what should I get?" I'm like, here, get Fables, and it was the the Cinderella two parter where she was rescuing Pinocchio, yeah. and he came back like, "This is fantastic!" And he he'd fallen off comics. He just came in because it was us. Well, t- but, Tony Akins loves that character he as well. He should. Character. What a badass she is! Yeah, yeah. She okay for Queen and Country fans. Cinderella is Terror Chase. In the Fable universe, that works. I think there's really many but she has to pretend fans more than Fable. Fans. <laughs> but she also has to yeah. pretend to be stupid. So Fable fans read Queen and Country because uh, Tara Chase is Cinderella. She doesn't have to. So, well, come on, man. Oh, I know, I know. You mean I'm you just mean, talking to my people? Say, you know, like, I'm talking Croft, to my people. To, I'm talking know. to my people. Okay. So. I don't think she's too related to Laura Croft. Well. I, I can't even name any personality traits of Laura Croft. Besides, women are all the same. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a real testament to how strong the Fables universe is. Is that you can pluck any of the individual characters out and, and do a fun story that has a different feel, you know, from the other Fables books. And that's always been one of the cool things about Fables is. At its strongest, it's when it's like, okay, let's switch it up and make it a story about, about something this. Else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, a whole different kind of fable, a whole different aspect. Yeah, uh, I kind of wish that this was an ongoing. It's not. If it, no, if it's a mini. mini. No, and and that's what you know. The the setup for the story is that you know Cinderella is the is the spy of Fable Town. She's um, she has a secret identity. She's a she's a secret agent, and uh, there are uh, Fable artifacts that are being trafficked between worlds. The Monday world and and the, the Fable, Fable and world. the Fable world and the and they you know to to protect their uh, their security to you know, protect the secrecy of of the Fable. The the fable uh, universe they uh, they need to track down and find out who is trafficking these these fable artifacts and so it, this is a job for oh, for Cinderella do you think they purposely said it in the past because they know everyone freaks out about getting spoilers about what happens in Probably. fables <laughs> and yeah, like, I guess because fables does have more readers in trade uh, yeah. that does make sense uh, I just Jack of fables does not sell anywhere near as well as fables does no. but this has the potential to do so and I, I love so. Jack. And if, they, if they do yeah. Cinderella with Tony Akins, bam, everyone's happy. Uh, you know what I think holds back? I don't uh, think he wants to leave uh, Jack anytime soon. He's like, not on Jack. It's Russell Braun who's doing Jack. Well, he's taking a break. They switch between them. I know yeah. it's 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 always, uh, I think the problem with uh, Jack of Fables sometimes with certain fans is that they don't like the humor aspect to it. Well, everyone it's says, a, Jack is such a jerk. Yeah, I know. That's, that's why he's the, he's the point jerk. of the book. He's a, he gets, yeah, he's an he egotistical asshole. He doesn't get away asshole. with everything. Yeah. It's great, I'm, but I mean, you always see that. I think that's always a, a pitfall of of a lot of 
fandom is humor seems to put them off of things. If something's a little yeah. too funny, it's too, if it's like a little too down. Yeah, exactly. There's a little bit of a like, oh, this is too jokey. Well, you know, sometimes it's not just, you know, someone's brand of humor. I laugh enough in life. I don't need <laughs> Yeah, exactly. My <laughs> life is so fucking happy. <laughs> I don't know laugh stand. enough in life. I read Jack of Fables. <laughs> you you laugh on the inside. I laugh all day. And Sean McManus does a good job of changing up his style. He's a little rougher, a little edgier. He's not as caricature as he used to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wasn't looking for him to change his style, but he does. Yeah, it's it's yeah. Fables art. And yeah. Puss and Boots is in it. So. Puss and Boots is in it. Hey. It's pretty sweet. It's just sauntering around. See, that's a great. That's a great. Puss. Just a page. Just walking around. Puss. Just some sweet puss. <laughs> Look at hey, that wide look open at spread that. right there. Look at this sweet ready, puss. Inviting. Oh, yeah. In boots. This show's gotten creepy. Oh, <laughs> uh, sweet puss. Anything Done my else? job. There you go. You've, you brought us low. That's right. You cut us down. Like you always So does anybody have anything else? Not oh, me, sir. Man. We're free will on this that was That was uh, an effort, just that. I just want to thank all you guys for having come to our art show last weekend. It was a huge success. Awesome. Oh, and I we, bought a piece. We raised a ton of money for the Hero Initiative. Nice. We're doing pretty well. We did uh, When we had Jill Thompson here for a Paws for Chicago benefit, mm-hmm. we raised 600 bucks for them. Oh, that's awesome. And while the final tally isn't in for the Hero Initiative, I'm pretty sure we raised more than that. Well, you you, know, you talked about the art show. And, and for folks out there, um, especially in the Chicago area, check out uh, Challenger's website. Just You can search uh, Challenger's Comics. Challenger'sComics.com. Challenger'sComics.com. And you guys have events monthly. I mean, all you're, the time, you're, yeah. uh, really almost more, too many. Yeah, you're doing book clubs. Who do you think you, you are? Signings. You've got. You've this I don't art know. Show. That's why we do this. I'm trying to find out, Tom. <laughs> well, you talked about this art show. Are you and, my dad? And you, I was like, so why are you guys unloading all this art? Because I know you've been in the industry for a long time. You've been selling comics Next for year a long time. Next year will be my 20th anniversary. Wow. And with the party we're going to have for that, it's nice. already on the books, man. We call that party Windy City Comic Con. <laughs> <laughs> It um, corresponds at the same time frame too, because it'll be August. Mm-hmm. Well, that's my anniversary. Oh, okay, all right. But but I mean, you've you've been collecting comic art for a long, for a long time. time. Yeah. Why are you parting, or why did you part with with some of the stuff? Uh, well, it's for a good cause, but there are things we want to do related to art that I don't know if I can actually talk about just mm-hmm. yet. But we do have much bigger plans with challengers and the comic art collecting scene. There's more we plan to do with people, for people, and by people. Mm-hmm. It's about uh, people. And, and this is uh, an effort to raise some money to that regard. Okay. Um, you just when, weren't sick of a lot of this stuff sitting no, around no, your house. No, you can't be sick of it. I mean, it, it's sad because there's so much of it you can't look at it every day. Yeah. But uh, Stephen Allen Payne from Tomorrow's wrote a book called Grail Pages, and it was all about collectors of original comic art and their favorite collections and their favorite pieces. And Stephen himself found – like he, he just happened to backdoor his way into being an art dealer because he bought stuff that he liked a lot then – was on some hard financial times and sold it and made a lot of money. Then he just started buying and selling. And he came and he did a, did a signing for us. And the pages that he's bought and sold, it's just mind-blowing. Because yeah. he's mainly like a, a 70s, uh, Silver Age and 70s kind of guy. And the stuff that he – and now, now he doesn't even keep the stuff anymore. He just – Buys it to resell it and just to broker it like around. buying and selling houses. I yeah. own that $12 million house for a day. I flipped that you know? page. Yeah. Exactly. I flipped, I flipped that, that page. page. And New so for show. someone like him, it's all in like, well, I did own it at a certain point. And uh, once you actually own a comic store, 
it's a lot easier to have all those things at your house at your store. Uh, for example, a bunch of Captain America shields <laughs> that you may have had hanging up in your home, and then you figure there's a better place for them. Mm-hmm. And it's easier because technically all the stuff is mine now anyway. So it's easy to, to part with it and bring it in and to, to share the joy. But your wife, this is... you're trying to sell everything you own every day. <laughs> a little it's piece of my soul enough. every day. How much do you want for this? Uh, but <laughs> comics is, is an American art form. It's one of the few mm-hmm. original things that we can lay claim to. Uh, jazz. 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 Baseball. Wrestling. And the American comic book. Wrestling. Um, wrestling. <laughs> This this kind Come of wrestling? On. No, no, not not like Olympic wrestling, but that uh, would be man's oldest sport. Pro, Thank pro you very wrestling. much. Pro wrestling, pro wrestling. No, I've said it. I've said it for years. Jazz, baseball, and the American comic book are 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 the three mostly American inclusions and contributions modern, in, 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 into modern society. Absolutely, and hedge funds. Comic hedge art funds. is yeah. such a a viable form of art. I mean, it's it's real. It's art. It exists. It should mm-hmm. be respected and studied and it also is not becoming extinct but becoming extinct in the forms that we know it there yeah, is no yeah. more ink the ink on paper doesn't quite exist in the same capacity anymore and all this art that exists is going to get rarer and rarer sure i mean even now it's it's near impossible to find new pages that are not even hand lettered, but have oh, lettering yeah, on absolutely. them. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Or you know, even filled in blacks, or I've got a, I've got a black an, spaces. That would be. I've got a, I've got an Andy Parks uh, <laughs> Phil Hester page. So do you that um, mm-hmm. um, that has the lettering. You on co the page. own it. You no, co own it. You buy you bought a page. You bought a page. He bought a page at the same time. And one they of the reasons that it was so opposite cool. Opposite panels. Oh, we, nice. we, I, I have uh, every uh, third weekend, and but no, no affiliation with Andy Parks whatsoever, other than. It was, it was it was cool that the, these these pages that we that we bought from uh from their Green Lantern run they 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 have lettering on the page and it's hard to find that now and it's it's cool that's part of it that absolutely is a cool part of it and uh, I love seeing mistakes or whiteout or mm-hmm. liner like lines in the margin or notes that say you know colors make this red or it's nighttime or I bought I bought at this at quit your, fucking at, up Jack at, <laughs> at your uh, oh well Mike Norton had uh, I bought a page from him that says replace these headlines there were some newspapers that were spread out and says you know hey replace these headlines yeah but uh, the the page I bought at, at your art sale was really cool because there was an entire panel that was on the original page but then i guess for whatever reason they decided to change the panel and so the page that i bought came with an extra panel rafa albuquerque made a whole separate panel to be digitally included later yeah, so it's, it's like this whole different different panel. So I got to find another damn frame for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a big fan of David Lafuente, especially when he was doing Hellcat for Marvel. And now he's doing Ultimate Spider-Man. He doesn't draw pages; he draws panels on different pieces of paper and then just puts them all together digitally. So when you go to buy his art, it's super cheap because you're like thirty five dollars for a panel. Wow. You, get, you get a panel of art, you know, depending on how. Wow, big the panels and all like the price that. changes, but yeah. it, it was really neat. And the the page the page the panel that I bought of his it was great because he's got all these doodles in the margins, and he's got like cover mock up sketches ideas, and that's the stuff that I love. That stuff you don't get to mm-hmm. see the process, stuff. the process exactly, and, and more. It's like Freddie what Freddie Williams. He is uh, completely digital, yeah, hundred percent digital, and I you know he does it for a speed. 
um, trade off. It's like he can crank out more pages. And, you and absolutely more, can. You know, but you you lose your you lose your aftermarket of selling your you know selling your original art. But that's it, true. That's but most of these guys just more. think about the deadline as they're doing it, and the aftermarket sure. is just a bonus. Yeah, yeah, because not every page is a premium page, but it but it's interesting because I think more people are going to become more and more digital all the time. I think at at some point you're going to get something original on paper because it does have some value absolutely you know somewhere that it's like no this wasn't it's going to make convention sketches more exciting too yeah yeah yeah. do you think the fact that uh, the original art market's going to change is going to affect how issues of comic books look you know like there's always the put there's always the tension between obviously there's times when a writer puts something in so the artist can draw a a full page here's a $600 sale for you exactly yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's, a, that's a good point uh, also uh, known as the point. image years <laughs> yeah like when that starts to go away a little bit and there isn't quite that same like not pressure but like obviously at times mm-hmm. it's like oh you know let's put a there's something that a full page you know thing that you can sell go later at some point. Yeah, yeah, go wild on it. Or when artists would do that themselves anyway. When it, yeah, they, they would just elect to, <laughs> to do a full oh, page. Oh, I think a double page spread fits here. Yeah, if, if you don't have that, and maybe um, in a few I, years I, you'll I, see I how think people I, approach ra- it. Rather than the process of, of actually... Um, creating the page i think the delivery system will change that i think that you'll see uh pages designed i think you'll see fewer double page spreads because yeah, they because want of they the want binding in a trade paperback you can't open that well, as flat. Bi- you don't the, see as well binding i think more in how it's viewed digitally and i i think that is gonna have have an effect more than than the process of it but you know i'm not an artist so i probably can't speak to that but i think delivery system will have a little bit more of a, a an impact in that you may see more you know half page and full page because it looks better on a viewer uh, so i don't think i don't you're know right. Uh, <laughs> well, this whole industry will be done in 10 years anyway there won't be anything produced so it won't matter comics will never die the whole point of our show was to see if chicago is receptive enough for this kind of thing to happen on a regular basis. Uh, and, and we have big plans starting in June of next year Challengers. with a pretty big name creator who I'm not going to say right now. Interesting. Yeah. Alex Ross no, at the no. Challengers Art Gallery. Jack, oh, there was that awesome Alex Ross page we were showing. No, that's cool. From yeah, Justice. Absolutely. Yeah, it was great. It was, I just, I mean, How much did that go for? Uh, that was not for sale. Oh. That was just uh, to show. Teaser. Yeah, sorry. This is the type of stuff look. you could get. You possibly. <laughs> Anybody who wants any uh, Alex art needs to contact Sal Avenatti yep. and get it from him. That um, bastard. But, yeah, I'd never seen an Alex Ross page up close. and Party. It's a, oh, man, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Well, you saw it hanging on the wall. It was absolutely gorgeous. I got the frame it, though. Right, right, next, to the, right, right next to my page that says Soul. time warp so. thing we're right. fucking dealing with. Um, <laughs> uh, am, I still, am I still alive? Uh, yeah. <laughs> what happened? Yeah. Well, in you are, time. but you're divorced. It's oh really weird. God. What Fuck. happened? I was, I was in Carbondale all weekend, so we don't know. All right. I feel <laughs> really bad for missing their art show. That's all I could think is when... Stuff through time. Yeah. Well, let's wrap this one up. I'm, I'm freewheeling. <laughs> no notes tonight. So Tom versus The Flash twice a week. Yep. As Tom runs you through oh, the yeah. history of the DC. Do you universe. know when you're going to be finished already? Like, do you have a timeline? I'm at 243, so a year? Really? Wow. I'm do two a week uh, to get through another 100. That's and 50 then it's, weeks. And then it's Tom versus it's Tom, Plastic Man? Tom not doing anything for Tom, Tom versus the all I'm still, wait, I'm still waiting for Tom versus Aquaman. It'll be Aquaman. It'll it will be Aquaman. Aquaman. Really? Yeah. 
Aquaman's oh, awesome. Okay, I was No, man. no, Sal, you are the one that's lame. You're the uh, one. No, I was <laughs> hoping for uh, Doom Patrol, but the oh, Metal Men, Tom versus uh, the Metal Men, would be awesome. But that's just that me. one's a little too visual. Yeah, mm, it's too tough. It's too tough to yeah to do uh, Aquaman. Aquaman would be awesome. And some of those old Aquaman issues. He gets up to some crazy shit. <laughs> like, he's not, he can't just settle for fighting people underwater, even though he would sp- have plenty of time. There's plenty of crime going on, people robbing shit, but now he's got to figure some way to get on land. Well, you know. And bring his octopuses with him in a big glass tank. <laughs> Call somebody else to take care of it. You don't have to, you don't have to I fight all the crime. I look for it. Yeah. Maybe I will change my whole oh, opinion man. of Aquaman after that. <laughs> And uh, Patrick, uh, challengerscomics.com. Correct. If you're in the Chicago area, please correct. stop by. Great website. Drop. Yeah, it is a, the website is amazing. We're, there's so many neat things that we're still discovering them all the time. <laughs> it's a great website and a, a even even greater comic book shop. Seriously, if you're in the Chicago area, and I actually have a lot of people that will email me if they're coming into Chicago for a long weekend or in on business, and they're like, hey, where's a good shop to, to check out? And I always tell them it's like comic it's, vaults. It's super easy to go to the comic vault. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's super easy to go to, to Challengers Comics. It's Western Avenue, right off the blue line at the Western Stop. It's a, a, part of a great neighborhood. So come into Challengers Comics. Do you remember when people missed having Sal around? <laughs> Do I remember that? Oh, and I, we and Sal, uh, Sal, you're actually doing some stuff. You have uh, uh, My Rotten Blog. Uh, yeah. And My Rotten Podcast. Yeah, I do. What you? Uh, I've slowed down. Have lately you quit that podcast? Yet? No, no. I've, uh, are you gonna come? Are you? Uh, I've slowed down. Are you a guest on your own? I actually have a bunch of stuff planned for it, but uh, this month I've just slowed down because I'm I'm working on something else. But uh, there's no schedule to it. I'm not tied to some sort of arbitrary our, weekly, you know, our, uh, <laughs> our childlike obsession. Out, a childlike know, obsession. I have to come out every Monday kind of podcast. <laughs> I have some, you know, other things that take up my time. You've been Tom. writing? How's the novel coming? Uh, slow, but it's, uh, you know, it's fun. What's the goal for November? What's the... 50,000 words. I'm way behind right now. I shouldn't yeah. even be here. I should be at home writing, but... Yeah. Now, this is 50,000 unique words. Like, you can only use each one one time, right? Well, no. No, I think you can I use... Can't you can only use that one. Can't just, I use the right just, away. You can't. <laughs> I was keeping that one out of uh, I, I, you know, I don't know that I'll, I'll make the... I probably won't make the 50,000 word cutoff by the end of November, but it's just something to keep me writing every day, and, and I have been writing every day, so that's been interesting and... Uh, just sort of getting rid of In the... In fact, today, he's going to write, today, huge waste of time. <laughs> no. Uh, keep that, like, internal editor at bay a little bit. Just write and don't worry about, you know, if it's shit, because it probably is, and not worry about it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. That's right. Writer's right. right? I got something... It's national uh, shitty novel writing. It's though. national crappy <laughs> novel shitty writing. Novels. Yeah, What's a shitty novel? What's Well, the whole point is if you can get it done... Uh, and written, then you can always make it better. But yeah. the hard part is just getting it written. And and uh, like I think a lot of writers, myself, I'm uh, I've always been. Re- it's really been easy to make excuses not to write. 
whether it's trying to research or developing this a plot. this forces you or, to get words on paper. Yeah, it's just, just sit yeah. and write and, and nothing else. And if you can get that done, then then go back and if it's if it's got any merit whatsoever, go back and edit it and, and rewrite it and, and make it better. But get that first draft, you know, just written. All right. Um, What's the website for uh, for people that are interested in that writing project? Uh, nan- it's nanorimo, N-A-N-O-W-R-I-M-O dot org. And you can National maybe get Novel Writing Month. And and get and you don't have to do it in November. That's just when they do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you, can you can follow you, the the template. You can do it whenever yeah. you want. I actually thought know. the N O stood for November, and the uh, November right, November National 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 no, November Writing Month. That's I thought it was, was a Japanese kids show. I don't know. kept seeing people say <laughs> Nano Rimo. And he kept, Nano It's all just a scam. He kept having seizures books, as well when you'd see that um, drop to the ground. Yeah, that's about it. All right, we got something else planned for around comics listeners. Oh well, no! By, by yeah, when are you gonna when are you gonna do that? Uh, they should have already. It should have already been out by the time this comes out. Okay, I was gonna do it this this week. Okay, so people yeah. have already heard. Well, the I talk loved with it. Beep beep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I thought All it was right. great. So. Thanks. I was surprised by how asked. graphic it was. <laughs> I, want, I want more of those. I want more of those. I'm gonna try. Actually, I think my I, I'm gonna try the next one. I want to do is um, with uh, Joe Kelly. I want to talk about. Um, oh yeah. Uh, the little girl. Uh, I kill giants. Yes. Awesome. Yes. I'd please. love to do. Which I is I the January Challengers book? Uh, click in the month. That's awesome. More more of those because that's. So if I can get a hold of Joe Kelly, maybe I can. I can maybe if I can squeeze. Scotty hey, to hey, if we can get Kelly beep beep to come in here and and sit down with us, then you know, I mean, come on, I'll be back. Joe, uh, Kelly. Joe Kelly is a script editor on How I Met Your Mother, so he's got a steady full time job. I'm only asking for like 20 minutes, that's, of his time but I'm saying right, no, that's that's more reason to talk to him because that's a great show. Well, but no, uh, no. Sal, Sal only talks about. The book. The book. Talking I don't about. talk about. Okay. He doesn't talk shit about anything else. Well, no. At the end of it, I'll talk oh, okay. to them about what they're working oh. on. But mm. it's just the sounds one like you're compromising. Uh, I'm making them compromise to you know, me. If you, oh, if well, you that's not that yeah. bullshit. I just want to. Oh, you just talk, talk about, about yeah. one book. And that's it. They're one book. If you talk to them all about I Kill Giants, it's going to be a really sad podcast. That's okay. No, no it's an uplifting that. story. Well, I know, but the hey, why I just he got wrote them it talking and what it meant in his personal life and that kind of stuff. Well, yeah, well, but right. it's, it's, there's, there's, I'm not afraid of sadness. Yeah. All right. Well, you can also you can also do a tagline. I'm not afraid of sadness. But I do have some stuff planned for my rotten podcast. Uh, hopefully soon, once November's over. And my rotten podcast. Don't be afraid of sadness. Don't be afraid of sadness. Yeah. Never fear sadness. All right. And you can hear sadness more of me on Eleven O'clock Comics. I'll be back. Uh, I'll be back this week. Uh, take like a week a sword. off. All right. Everyone, have a fantastic rest of your week and weekend. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Sal. We'll be back again on. Monday with another full length episode. In the meantime, and yes. between times, oh, thank you. I'm you gave up guess. those rights. Uh, we'll be everywhere in and, and around, around comics. Forgets his line around sadness. We just talk about sad shit. Sadness. I like sadness. Is another another chicken. <laughs>
views expressed in the interviews or by guests of the show are solely those of the individuals expressing them and may not reflect the opinions of Around Comics. Any reproduction, rebroadcast, or retransmission without the express written consent of Around Comics is strictly prohibited. All content presented in this program is the sole property of Around Comics, and this has been an Around Comics production, copyright 2009.